When I became a virtual assistant or VA in 2012, I really had no idea how many doors that virtual assistance opens for both the VA and the client. It's truly a win-win situation if there ever was one. In this episode of Work is Good, I'm answering the most frequently asked questions I get from those who are feeling the need for some outside help in their work and ministries and from those who are ready to enjoy all the benefits that come with working from home while serving others as a VA. Take notes for this one because it's full of all kinds of insider information I think you'll want to keep handy. You are listening to Work Is Good, the thought-provoking, gaze-shifting, and action-inspiring podcast for Christian women who work from home. If you desire to keep looking upward to Christ in your work and beyond, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Kristen Eifeldano from WorkingUpward.com. Well, friends, the world is constantly changing, and as it changes, so does the way we work. Gone are the days where everyone who works actually drives to work, and everyone who works for you is actually in front of you face-to-face. Enter virtual assistants who support business owners, churches, ministries, entrepreneurs, authors, speakers, and anyone else who needs outside support for what they do, and all from the comfort of their own home or local coffee shop or at the beach or anywhere else that has an internet connection. So question number one in this FAQ format, what exactly is virtual assistance and how does it fit in the big scheme of things in the working world? Great question, and that's where we'll start because I'm not going to just assume you know what a virtual assistant is, although it's likely that you have a pretty good idea, because I certainly didn't know eight years ago, and I still get quizzical looks from time to time when I tell people what I do. Back in the 1980s, several organizations were formed to support moms who wanted to work from home as secretaries, the term used, of course, in those days, and later in the early 1990s, Someone, and I say someone because there is some debate as to who exactly that was, they coined the term virtual assistant to describe women who work from home as secretaries. Today, of course, with the power of modern technology, including video conferencing software, email and online project management and communication apps galore, the world has seen a huge rise in telecommuting. Um, or companies that allow employees to work remotely from home, as well as freelancing and, of course, virtual assistant work. Now, there are a lot of commonalities among those three types of work, telecommuting, freelancing, virtual assisting, but here's what differentiates VA work. Employees who work remotely from home are telecommuters. They aren't independent contractors like VAs are. They answer directly to their bosses. Freelancers are independent contractors like VAs, only they tend to focus on only one specific task and are usually project-based, serving a large number of clients, and usually those are larger companies, but not always. I know, we're, we're clear as mud right now, aren't we? Hold on, it gets clearer. Here's my working definition of a virtual assistant. Virtual assistants are independent contractors who usually serve individuals such as small business owners and entrepreneurs by performing a wide variety of tasks associated 
with a specific niche. And we'll talk about that niche a little bit later. Also, VAs tend to serve clients more on a long-term basis rather than for the short term. And we also tend to serve just a few clients at a time. I know this is a broad definition of virtual assistant, but that's actually a good thing because it creates more room at the table for more virtual assistants than ever and VAs with all types of backgrounds and skill sets. Question number two, what is a virtual assistant niche? First of all, in case you were wondering, that word can be pronounced as niche or niche. I struggle with that a little bit though, so I thought I'd just throw that out there. Anyway, I know you know what a niche is, but let me tell you what it means in the virtual assistant world, and it's not complicated. It's simply what you do and who you serve. Another way to say that is a specific focus combined with a specific industry or type of client. A VA with a specified niche is willing and able to assist in a wide variety of tasks, but they also have a specialty. Kind of like when you go to Barnes & Noble for a book and come back with a bar of soap and a karaoke mic and an animal squirty bath toy. Hey, that is totally possible. I just looked online to see if this would be a good example for you all. And those are all things I saw on the Barnes and Noble website. I started as a virtual assistant with a bit of an unspoken niche that evolved into a more specific niche. For those of you who may not know my work at home story, I had the joy of becoming a virtual assistant in 2012. And I started out with a VA agency called Belay, known then as EA Help. They were a fairly new company, and as I understand it, they were working primarily with churches until about 2012 when I started, and um, when they started assigning virtual assistants to non-ministry clients who were business owners and entrepreneurs. They were getting a lot of requests from those clients who wanted assistance and marketing tasks, and that's really a lot of the reason why they chose me, because I had a marketing background. That was my unspoken niche. But then as I started working with my own clients, many of which were in Michael Hyatt's community, I noticed many prospective clients were authors, online platform builders, bloggers, and online business owners. So I learned a lot of the tools of the trade that come with that kind of work, and I kept honing my marketing skills, and now my niche is even more specific. I'm an online business manager and consultant for online course creators and membership site owners. And yet I still work under that giant umbrella of virtual assistants. Some other niche examples you'll see out there are Pinterest VAs, exactly what that sounds like. They're dedicated to all things Pinterest, like pinning strategy, creating graphics, pinning your online products, etc. Transcription VAs, they'll transcript all your audio products, content manager VAs, social media VAs, and so on. And these fine folks will help you with a lot of time-saving tasks, but they also offer expertise that will go an even longer way in your business. What are the qualifications of a virtual assistant? There are some really obvious qualifications. A good VA is intelligent, responsive, an excellent communicator, and capable of doing most internet and computer-related tasks. She or he also needs to own the right tools for the job and have a good internet connection at home or wherever they work. Those are the basic qualifications. Going a bit further, 
You also want to hire someone who either understands your business, it's an industry they know, or, and this is so important, they are teachable. They are willing and able to learn new processes and your way of doing things. Now, I'm about to say something that you may not be expecting, but here we go. When you're ready to hire a VA, look for a VA who views herself as an independent contractor and not a full-time employee or even a part-time employee that's on full-time call. Someone who takes some pride in being a business owner. Here's what I mean by that. A VA who understands that she is her own business owner will take initiative to work independently and take ownership of their work. That's a huge plus. She's someone who is always learning and growing and taking her business to the next level so she can grow your business better. You want a B2B relationship like that. I have seen way too many ads for virtual assistants requesting resumes and seemingly going through a traditional hiring process with all the loops that's involved that are involved with that. And I've seen a lot of virtual assistants who respond to that by acting like employees, asking if they can do something minor rather than just doing it so you don't have to think about it. Another problem with hiring a VA as a remote employee substitute is that it's not really a win-win situation for both you and your assistant. It's mostly a win for you. You would essentially have all the benefits of a cheap employee without the cost of health benefits, insurance, office space, etc. And that may sound really great at first, but at the end, um, there are definite downsides to that. Remember, virtual assistants are business owners in their own rights. They serve multiple clients. They pay for their own work tools, insurance, and self-employment taxes. The trade-off for those kinds of expenses for them is to actually not be an employee, to be a business owner, and to have the freedom that comes with that. Freedom to structure their own work weeks. And yes, they will accommodate you and your scheduling needs too, for sure, but they still have more freedom than they would if they were an actual employee and just had to do whatever you said. Um, they also have the freedom to create their own processes and they may have a lot of wisdom. Um, they've had experience doing the same thing over and over again, and, um, they can shed light on improving your processes as well. And they also offer their own unique brand of service you may not get from an employee. And remember that a happy assistant, um, is a better assistant (laughs) for everyone, um, It ends up being a win-win for both of you with the same level of respect on both sides. I recommend looking at your VA as a business partner to receive the most benefit. Think about it. When looking for an actual contractor, you know, for your home, do you expect them to apply and send you their resume? Or do you look at their website, ask friends for referrals, and look at reviews and then reach out to start a discussion? That's really what it should look like for you when you are searching for a virtual assistant. Question number four, what kinds of things does a virtual assistant do? A virtual assistant does almost any professional task you need done to help grow your business or ministry. In fact, I'm looking at a list now I created for aspiring virtual assistants, and I shared this inside my online course to help my students get a good idea of services they can offer. I stopped at 67 on the list, but there are so many more. 
I'll read a few of those here so you can get a feel as well. It's a little funny reading off a list, to be honest. I'm tempted to sing it in a song, you know, like, I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. Something like, I do everything, man. I do everything. But here we go. Bookkeeping and accounting task, payroll administration, social media management, webinar assistance, WordPress setup and maintenance, website creation and updates, YouTube video posting, photo editing, online tool configuration steps, typing, ebook formatting, transcription services, copywriting, policy manual creation, email management, inbox decluttering, inbox zero, digital marketing like setting up sales funnels, landing pages, landing page design, lead generation, community management, think Facebook group moderators, tech support, calendar management, email list management, marketing research, data entry, online course setup, podcast editing, travel booking and coordination, podcast guest outreach and scheduling. I'm almost done here. Hang in there. Calling references for prospective employees or volunteers, content planning and management, and there is so much more. Okay, are you getting the idea? When I say the sky's the limit, I really don't think I'm exaggerating. Are you enjoying the Work is Good podcast? If this episode is helping you look deeper, look upward, and keep moving forward, please pay it forward by subscribing to the show and leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you listen in. Your review helps others discover and enjoy this podcast too and plays a valuable role in supporting the Work is Good podcast. Okay, moving on to question five, what are the benefits of hiring a virtual assistant? Well, I think the previous question helps a lot with this question, but I do want to differentiate two types of benefits. First, when you hire a VA, you're going to get the really tangible benefits like getting more work done and even saving money because now you have the help you need without having to pay for health benefits, insurance, and office space. And you should also have an improved bottom line. You should see that number going up. But you'll also get a host of other benefits that are less tangible but a whole lot more valuable. For instance, you'll get to focus on work you really want to do instead of what you have to do. Let me rephrase that. You'll find it easier to enjoy your work. That's huge. You'll also get to have more time with your family or do other important things on your wish list. You'll free up your business to focus on planning for the future and you can start adding more strategy in the mix. You know that feeling when you're, you feel like you're just barely treading water? Um, you're going to break through that and you're going to gain some momentum. You'll have less stress and the opportunity to grow as a leader as well. And those are just the beginning. There are definitely plenty of benefits with hiring a virtual assistant, no doubt about it. Which brings me to this next question, number six, What are the benefits of being a virtual assistant? The two biggest benefits of being a virtual assistant are super obvious. Being able to work from the comfort of your own home, no commute, and all the flexibility that comes along with that. This work attracts a lot of moms and for a very good reason. You can plan around your children's school times or nap times and drives to doctor appointments and soccer practice. Virtual assistance is also a tremendous way to grow personally 
and professionally. You get to learn new things all the time, discover your strengths, and then focus on them, which really helps build your confidence and your work satisfaction and enjoyment level. It's also a legitimate business that you get to design and structure. I've tried the MLM thing, was not very good at it, (laughs) and party sales. You get some flexibility there, but definitely not as much freedom to actually design and grow your own business. You can serve just one client or you can work full time and have lots of clients. You can choose to stay small or you can scale and have a team that works for you or you can grow to become more of a consultant than a service provider. Yes, the pay is a huge benefit as well when you charge appropriately. And that brings me to the next question. How much does a virtual assistant cost? Oh my, this does vary, but it's not too complicated. It's just like in the more traditional workforce, you pay for what you get and you charge what you're worth. For all intents and purposes, and since the majority of my listeners are here in the U.S., I'll share some prices for U.S.-based virtual assistants. You can definitely hire someone outside the country who charges a very, very low rate, but there are distinct advantages to hiring someone in your same country, the same time zone, same currency, and even more likely face-to-face meetings every once in a while, which isn't necessary, but can be nice and helpful in many cases. In the Upward VA Roadmap, which is my online course for aspiring virtual assistants, little plug there, I encourage my students to charge no lower than $25 an hour for basic VA work administrative and clerical task. This is the bare minimum they need to remain viable. Remember, VAs are paying their own taxes and buying their own tools and covering their own insurance. I also encourage new VAs not to stay at that $25 rate too long and to give themselves raises incrementally, starting at $25 for their first client and going up to $28 an hour for their next client and so forth. And then, of course, take into account um, their experience level and their skill set. If you want to hire a VA with a more specialized niche, then expect to pay at least $30 an hour. And if you want to hire someone who has advanced training or who does something like graphic design, and works in the entire Adobe suite, or is a professional video editor, or an online business manager, then you can go up there in the $50 an hour range. In my experience, a payment arrangement that averages around $35 an hour for an ongoing work relationship is generally a really good sweet spot. So in summary, expect anywhere between $25 and $40 for quality VA work that grows into a more specialized niche. Question number eight, how does the whole payment thing work virtually? Another great question we have here. Virtual assistants typically offer retainer packages rather than a pay-as-you-go hourly plan. For example, you would pay something like $1,400 a month for work that averages 10 hours a week. A VA may also categorize different packages for you based on the type of work. If you want mostly administrative and clerical work, or if you want mostly social media or marketing work. A VA also invoices her clients 
via PayPal or another online invoicing solution on a regular basis. It can be weekly or bi-weekly, but it's most often monthly. And you can pay with a credit or debit card. Okay, question number nine, what tax responsibilities are involved for each party? Both parties should keep track of invoices and payments and touch base with each other at the beginning of every year. If you pay a VA more than $600 in a calendar year, you should send your VA a 1099 miscellaneous form by January 31st the following year, and VAs need to report their income and expenses to the IRS. I include a W-9 informational form inside my client welcome packet. It's completely free to download on the IRS website, and I fill it out with my tax EIN number, address, etc., so my clients have everything they need to send me their required 1099 miscellaneous by January 31st each year. As a VA, I take my expense records and client sent 1099 form to my accountant at tax time every year. And I do recommend VAs have their taxes prepared by a tax professional. It's totally worth it, in my opinion, for their thoroughness and the peace of mind you'll get knowing nothing is falling through the cracks. Virtual assistants should also save at least 25% of their income for taxes. You'll pay, you'll pay uh, self-employment taxes as well as federal and state. If you make over $1,000 in a year, I recommend you pay your taxes quarterly on the IRS government website. Your accountant will also want to know your expenses and you can write these off. You can report your office space, tools and technology, including the cell phone you use for business, even if it's your primary phone. And some things that are easy to overlook come tax time are professional development resources like books, online courses and conferences, your business website domain, and your website hosting. Don't bother keeping track of your Starbucks receipts. They're not really necessary for your work. I know. I asked our tax guy just to be sure, and he gave me a funny look that kind of said it all. Okay. Question number 10, when is a virtual assistant right for me? I may be slightly biased here, but I would say that if you've been even slightly intrigued by the idea of working with a VA, then now is the right time for you. Okay, so there are exceptions to that. If you haven't even started your business yet, or if there's no room in your budget at all, now is not really a good time. But you can start planning for it. As you work to start or grow your business, pay attention to what you do each day and imagine what your workday would be like if someone were there to help you with those tasks. Imagine what you could do if someone else was taking some of that off your plate. Keep a running list of things you can delegate to an assistant so you're fully prepared when that time does come. And we're nearing the end here. Question 11, where do you find good virtual assistants? Ah, the great news is that we're not terribly hard to find, at least in my humble opinion. You will definitely find good VAs through Belay, and that's where I started. Their assistants are thoroughly vetted and interviewed, and you will be personality matched. It's kind of like online dating, and I'll include a link in the show notes. And it can also be easy to find good VAs just by doing an online search for what you're looking for. I also recommend checking inside professional groups and communities 
either on Facebook or LinkedIn or somewhere else where you network with like-minded people. For example, I use Kajabi a lot in my own work and client work. And for those unfamiliar with it, it's an all-in-one platform that can host your website, sales pages, online courses, communities, and other digital products. Anyway, they have a user group on Facebook that is very active where people frequently ask for help with their Kajabi products and websites and VAs who specialize in that kind of thing, like me, post back within minutes. And I've seen the same thing happen in other groups I'm in. Virtual assistants are increasing in numbers, making it easier and easier to connect with good VAs. So question number 12, should I work with an agency like Belay or directly with my own VA? A lot of this depends on your personal preferences and goals. When you work with an agency, you're going to have a bit of peace in mind in knowing that they're going to take care of you. If your VA quits or takes a pregnancy leave or something else, they'll find another one for you to fill in short term or even permanently. And if for any reason your VA isn't a good fit for you, they will find another VA for you. You'll also have a relationship manager who checks in with you frequently to ensure you're getting good service and you have what you need. The possible downside there is that your relationship with your VA is moderated by another organization's policies. Again, this may not be a downside for you. You may find that reassuring. The agency also takes a pretty significant cut, so your VA may not earn what he or she needs in order to continue with the agency long term. My understanding is that typically your relationship with a VA that is through an agency will last up to two years. Um, Again, there's some leeway there. If you want to work with someone long-term or you would like your VA to receive all of your investment toward them, remember, happy VA, happy life, doesn't quite rhyme, but you get what I mean, then you could do something that I've heard referred to as buying the VA out. So that means you would pay the agency a large sum of money up front so you can then work independently with your VA and have a bit more freedom in your working relationship if that's what you desire. For aspiring virtual assistants, my advice to you is similar. If you start through an agency, you will have built-in training and security to get you started in the virtual assistant world. Credibility as well, especially if your agency has a strong reputation. And the security an agency provides can be a very good thing. And so it can be a nice solution for a while, but keep in mind that you really won't be earning completely what you're worth or enough to sustain your business long-term or full-time. At the very least, I wouldn't put all your eggs in that basket. I would view it as a way to get started, but with the end goal of working with your clients directly as soon as possible. And by the way, finding your own clients isn't that difficult to do. On a personal and side note, I stayed with Belay for a super long time because they offered security and I wasn't too sure if I could find my own clients as awesome as the ones I was getting through Belay. Well, it turns out I could and it wasn't that hard at all, maybe even easier. Live and learn, right? By the way, I do teach how to do this, how to get your own clients in the Upward VA Roadmap. So look for that link in the show notes. Question number 13. Actually, these these are my final two questions here and these are short and sweet answers. Number one, 
or number 13, <laughs> how can I find out more information about working with a virtual assistant? It's easy. Check out my show notes. Also, please email me. I'm Kristen at upwardva.com. You can reach out to me on Facebook or any other way you find out there on social media. I will do my best to connect you with the right resources and people. Question 14, how can I become a virtual assistant? You aspire to a very good thing, friend. I will post some good resources in my show notes at workingupward.com that will definitely point you in the right direction. If you would like to learn the very basics in as little as one afternoon and get access to me personally for a year to ask all the questions you have about starting your own VA business, um, tremendous value, uh, please go to upwardvaroadmap.com. This course and support system is already super affordable, but if you enter the code WORKISGOOD at checkout, you'll see some pretty significant savings. Now, if you're a loyal listener, you know that I like to end every episode with a special mission challenge, just like Mission Impossible. It's just one way I want to encourage you to keep moving forward in your life and work. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is this. If you're interested in hiring a virtual assistant, take some time to brainstorm 10 tasks you can delegate to your VA. And if you're interested in becoming a virtual assistant, brainstorm 10 services you can offer your clients. Thanks for listening to the Work is Good podcast. You can check out the show notes and all links mentioned in this episode at workingupward.com or even better, become a podcast insider. It's absolutely free and you'll get episode related resources delivered straight to your inbox. Workingupward.com will take you directly to that sign up link. Until next time, keep looking up.